This is Allison Beebe, Top City Flavorista, showing you to love where you live. This is Allison Beebe, your Top City Flavorista, and I'm on the horn today with artists Space and Jason. So I have to ask this, where did the name Space and Jason come from? Well, a lot of that has to do with my bad memory. <laughs> I see, I space stuff off a lot. And uh, I don't know, I'm just, um, with my blood type, is it's RH negative blood type. There's a lot of people that think that that type of blood type has something to do with aliens. So I've always just kind of adopted that name. And um, it also goes back to the garbage pail kids. Um, had a space in Jason and my dad had nicknamed me that after I think I was probably like 12 or 13 <laughs> okay so it goes way back yeah <laughs> so do your friends call you space and Jason or well they call me a lot of things but usually just space <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah and usually... what's your given name what's your actual like what's your actual name Jason Riedel it's R-I-E-D-E-L. It's German spellings backwards on the I and the E, so everybody pronounces it Rydell when they read it. <laughs> well, hey, that's a great name, though, when you decided to become an artist. That worked out. Yeah, yeah. It kind of, it, it's actually happened twice. The first time I was little, and I was probably five or six years old, and uh, my grandfather and grandmother did statues when they retired. And so my grandfather got commissioned to do the lion statues out of Gage Park. But then when I was about five or six, grandma was teaching me how to thin down enamel paint and we were painting statues. And so my grandfather would make the statues and my grandmother would paint them. And uh, I still actually got their uh, airbrush still, the first one that I ever used. And uh, I don't know, I think the thing that I liked about it was that everybody was coming to my grandpa's house and looking at all this stuff that he made in his yard. And I just thought that was like, it, there was just something cool about him making that with his hands. Mm, absolutely. I, and I didn't know that, that your grandfather made those. He, uh, they made them right off of 26th and Pennsylvania um, at, out of his house. It was in 1933 for uh, the Humboldt. It's in Humboldt, Kansas. It's the Monarch uh, Concrete Company. You know, it's been over 80 years for some of these lions statues to have been there. And, or, and they're still getting enjoyed by somebody. And he's been gone since I was 14. He's been gone for over 30 years, you know. And people are still enjoying his art and I just I always thought that was the best part about art is that it, it kind of it, it can outlast you the energy that you put into it can can outlast your actual life you know and then people can still there's part of you out there the ironic thing is he was probably my biggest art influence growing up um he's also who I got my colorblindness from <laughs> affect your artwork how do you sort through that it's well it, it's 
the way I kind of look at it is like I could compare it in the same way to somebody that wasn't born with arms. So they don't know how they just, I just paint, you know what I mean? Like I just do the colors that look right to me. I guess since I've never known how to do it any other way, it's never really, it's, it more influences other people than me, I think. I'm just like, I'm just painting, you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't seem like there's anything different that I do, except I, I don't, uh, I don't use colors from just the store. Like I'll mix my own colors that way. You know, I'm not just, I mean, I see blues and I see yellows and, and everything. My uh, type of uh, color blindness is called tritonopia, I think. And uh, it's it makes colors a lot duller than what they are. And so if anything, I think it's probably helped it because I, I tend to try to brighten my colors up more than what what somebody without that would probably see. So I don't okay. know if that has something to do with with anything that I'm doing different, but I think it does affect what colors I use. Like I, you won't see a whole lot of purples or oranges for some reason. I'm just not, I just have never been big on painting those colors for some reason. Colors that you choose are pretty vibrant. Well, yeah, and it's just weird that there's some that I just don't use. They they say if you opened up box of the 64 thing or crayons that I'd probably see like 12 different colors and then the rest would be kind of like I, I have a lot of trouble distinguishing between like dark browns and dark greens the way they found out I was colorblind and this probably has something to do with why I don't like clowns but <laughs> clowns like that's a whole other topic right <laughs> yeah yeah a whole other show <laughs> I there was a clown worksheet and the clown's holding these balloons and there's addition problems inside the balloons and instead of answering like you had to write down your answer and not only that but you had to like look down at the bottom and it would say answers of that were the total was number six you need to paint red and then if it was number two then you need to paint like blue and so forth and so all my colors on the balloons were wrong but all my numbers were right and so it was the <laughs> the big fat kid crayons, you know, that didn't have the wrappers on there that I could look at and, oh, blue, you know, and a lot of those darker colors just, I don't know, I couldn't tell them apart. And then they gave me the colorblind test and you, you can take it on the, on the internet if you, if you look it up, but it's kind of interesting. There's like 13 different things that you have, they have you look at and I see the first one, I can see the numbers in the first one, and that's it. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Like the rest of them, it's like I don't see any of the numbers that they say I'm supposed to see. <laughs> it's kind of frustrating, honestly. Sure, sure. But, you know, it hasn't stopped you because you've been out there painting. Yeah, it's just if, I don't know, I, I don't think I could survive very long if I wasn't making something I just think creative people are probably all like that. If I'm not making something with my hands, I don't I don't think I'd enjoy it. How many things did you make during the pandemic and the lockdown then? Um, I did a lot of, of well, let's see. Um, the beginning I did 
a couple uh, murals indoors at uh, Victoria's Bar out on South Topeka Boulevard. We did a memorial wall for friends that have passed away. And then uh, by the pool table, they let me do, um, it's a big American flag and it's got these like tribal flames going through it and and uh, a motorcycle in front of that that says Victoria's on it. Got to paint a motorcycle right before that. And then I'm getting ready to start on a mural Axe and Ale off of 6th Street there. It's in pretty clear view of the Capitol building. So it'll be kind of nice to to get one that's going to be seen a lot. I, lo- I, I love doing stuff downtown and because I remember in the 70s walking around downtown with my grandparents and how busy it was and, and the people that are trying to bring that back are just like gifts the, to the community. And I think downtown is amazing, and there's a ton of things to do, places to see, and, and then Nodo's another amazing area. Oh, now, you yeah. and I, I think we met very briefly at the unveiling of the mural at the police station. That was a lot yeah. of fun, because honestly, all, a lot of my art, I, I, well, once my grandparents passed away, I was a teenager and found spray paint cans. There was a lot of stuff as a teenager we'd do down in the floodgates and stuff like that. And then to get picked by, you know, to do a mural with the police department and just the way that graffiti street art and just public murals have, have the viewpoint on those has changed so much. It just seems like it's getting embraced. Right, because when you were 14, you probably would have been arrested or something. Well, it's... (laughs) Would have been in trouble anyway. Yeah, my friend was like, you know, you can knock on the front door and they'll let you paint stuff on the front wall too. They'll even pay you. So, so, no, I I wouldn't do anything like really bad or anything. It was always in in the floodgates or, or places like that where it wasn't like... Like it wasn't on somebody's front door or anything like that. Right. Well, that's probably good. Yeah. <laughs> Graffiti art or the sprain or guess what's the technical term for what you do? Well, it's it's kind of a lot of my stuff is. I, I use a lot of uh, graffiti paint on my bigger pieces or uh, pieces that I'm doing in the backgrounds. So I'll, I'll use uh, graffiti paint for that. Then I usually go over everything with a airbrush. So I'm, most of what I do anymore is with an airbrush. I used to have a saying that I heard from a Rage Against the Machine song, and they had a lyric that said murals with metaphors. And that always stuck with me. So. When I do my art and I put like a brick, I try to make it look like it's painted on a building after I'm done with it. So I'll add bricks and maybe a couple windows and like a sidewalk at the bottom of it. And so it looks like it's on a building instead of just on a canvas. I guess with that, the bricks are like the barriers that we all put up for things that anything that's happened to you and the guard that you have for yourself kind of. There's another, uh, I use a lot of dots in my paintings and those dots are supposed to represent like our struggles. A lot of different things that I try to put in there that a lot of people pick up on just cause they know already, but, and they'll kind of look for stuff and be like, what are the, what are those dots for? <laughs> but it's kind of, it's been kind of fun that way, but really just, I think the, the, 
best part about that police station mural was seeing like a well and other murals that I've done too it just seeing how you have all these different age groups and people that are standing there having a conversation with each other and like right yeah they folks would, they wouldn't necessarily normally meet yeah day day, yeah at Thornton Place I did um it's a retirement center for veterans and uh, they had a a lot of World War II people that are still there, and um, so we did a wall of honor for them. A guy that was actually in in the war, and he's talking to this like sixteen, seventeen year old kid that he had never met before. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. There was just something about that that it connect, and I don't. That's right. a rare thing these days. That's one of the wonderful things about art in general. Yeah. Is that it brings people together and it opens up conversations. Yeah, yeah. And then, ta-da, you have a relationship, right? So, yeah. The same thing with music and just anything that you're making, just any kind of art can do that. I think that's one of the reasons I like it so much is is it's it's got so much power. Like, it, it could do, you could do so many things. Oh, it, it does, it does. Well, I think it's healing for the art artist and also for the viewer yeah yeah it's it's somewhat like we're both getting therapy out of it <laughs> right exactly well and you may or may not know but i'm a psychiatric nurse oh wow in real life oh wow <laughs> yeah and actually i work at the va so i really appreciate the fact that you did that uh memory wall for veterans oh yeah uh, yeah, my dad was a, a gunner yeah, in Vietnam actually, on the on the Hueys. Well, I always tell people wow. like you're lucky. Like if you hear somebody say like, "Oh, you're really lucky to know that guy," they had like a twelve percent um, survival rate. I mean, I'm, I really am lucky just to be here, just for him to have come back. You know. Well, and honestly, my color blindness kept me out of the military in '93. I think it was at the beginning of uh, Desert Storm. Uh, with the band I was in and me and the drummer went down and did our ASFAB test and passed it and everything and then they got to the medical part and they found out I was colorblind so I couldn't join so I decided to be an artist years later <laughs> so hey so you were in a band too so really like it, like that kind of stuff art music that sort of thing that's just that's your bag isn't it yeah and it, it really it all comes from skateboarding like growing up skateboarding um the music the besides art just skateboarding you could it was the first thing that i didn't have to pay money for that you could just completely express yourself and not have any rules except don't fall which honestly was one of the hardest rules <laughs> for me. But I mean, it was just the freedom of it. There was just something so free about it that I loved. And what kind of music did you guys play? Um, a lot of, probably, I guess like the old school punk rock. Yeah, that's probably the best way to describe it. It was kind of right <laughs> when, uh, it was a couple years before punk became pretty, I would say. <laughs> before... Like it was all over MTV and before all the guys that were making fun of us for, for being in, in punk bands were wearing Nirvana shirts, you know, 
It's like, oh, okay, this isn't cool anymore. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Once everyone gets a hold of it, then it's really not that yeah, cool anymore. Yeah, it's like <laughs> we joined this scene because nobody liked it, you know. <laughs> and now it's all. It wasn't the popular stuff you heard on the radio, and then it was like all of a sudden the rage, you know. And then a few years change their mind again but i still everything i listen to is from that period of my life probably mid 90s to mid 80s punk rock and then all the classics and blues my my dad had a huge wide variety in his record collection and when i was little he just he had the ones that I could listen to and ones that I couldn't and I went through that whole list like old Motown Kendrick Janis Joplin Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, and just, it, it always seemed like he was into like, not so much the outlaws, but just like the ones that were just kind of like different from the stuff you'd hear on the radio every day. Like Janice right, and, sure. and Jimmy, and it wasn't just mm-hmm. like- The unique stuff. Yeah, yeah. The second Now, do time, you still play? Oh yeah. Yeah, there's five guitars at my house right now. My uh, roommate's also my cousin, but he has, uh, let's see, two guitars and a bass. And then I've got a bass and a regular guitar. And then my daughter, she's got like nine guitars. So I passed that down to her. <laughs> she's uh, she's played a couple times down in Nodo. And okay. um, when I got back into art, well, in 98, I got jumped at a bar and went in a coma. And then when I woke up, they said I I had the uh, cognitive responses of a three-month-old. So at that point, I was working at a place called Magoo's out at Forbes Field. We lowered, did lowrider cars, custom paint, um, Uh hydraulics and stuff like that. And I was airbrushing on cars and motorcycles at the time. And uh, that happened. And it was about 13 years before... I could actually like hold a pencil right. About six years ago, I started doing art again down in my basement in my room from high school because I was going through a divorce and moved back to my dad's house. And in my in my room where I learned how to airbrush, where I learned how to play guitar and and all of that stuff just kind of started coming back slowly and it's still coming back. I mean, I I know I'm nowhere as good as I used to be. And that's, it's made it not difficult to take a compliment, but it's, it makes it seem like, cause I'm like, ah, oh, God, they like this. I wish they could, could have seen what it was like, you know what I mean? Before my head thing happened. But I mean, it's not that I don't appreciate it because people's compliments are honestly what keeps my paintbrush going. They're like the, the fuel in my paintbrush, you know? Like, sure. Well, I think we're all our worst critic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so about, yeah, like maybe five years ago when, when Darcy Lane Studios was opening up, um, I one of my buddies was like, oh, I, I do photography. You should come check out the studio. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to show. You know what I mean? Because these were four, three years of paintings that were just mine. Like no one had even seen them yet. And uh, it just seemed so weird to to like 
paint parts of your soul onto a canvas and then invite a bunch of people to look at it. To come over and stare at them, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, it just seems so yeah. weird at first because it was just like, I didn't... That's a lot of exposure. That's like putting yourself out there. Yeah, and way. at the time, like my PTSD that I got from the assault made it to where I couldn't, I didn't want to talk to anyone. Like, just mm-hmm. super shy. Like, there's no way I could be doing live art on stage with like famous rappers you know what i mean there's no way i could have done that and except for walking into noto that day they made it so easy darcy's studio and i've been down there and and, um amused with deanna and just they're just both like and um Oh gosh, 39 West Gallery uh, when they were open. And it was just like your art homes. You know what I mean? It was just, it was just about making stuff. You know what I mean? Just making cool stuff. Like I wasn't walking in there going, I'm going to be this, I want to be this artist that's going to be remembered forever. And I want to be on this wall and that wall. It was just like, I just want to make something cool. You know what I mean? And if somebody wants to buy it, that's great. But it wasn't. I mean, even though I was in a gallery and selling stuff, I still wasn't like thinking you're an artist, you know what I mean? Because it it just seemed so like not, I don't know how to explain that. It just didn't seem like that's what I was doing. It was just like, I'm just making cool stuff for myself and other people happen to buy them. <laughs> but Well, it's working, right? Yeah, I mean- yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it was just like, I went down there and it was just so fun. Just that whole area was so fun. I love areas that that are coming back. You know what I mean? And like, we need it. We need more people to come down there and support all the, all the art and the artists. Cause it's definitely oh, like, yeah. it's difficult for any artist to make an actual living. You know what I mean? Unless you've got some, like great sponsorship or really expensive clients. It's not, sometimes it's not the best market here and it, but it's been so much better than what it was four years ago. It's just every year this city keeps getting better. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think with anything handmade, you know, artwork or anything like that, people don't necessarily understand the work and the heart and the blood and the sweat that goes into it. Yeah. And so they go, well, I'll give you $5 for that. Yeah. And you know, you're like, no, wait, <laughs> that's a piece of my soul right there. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, to try to talk somebody into paying $8,000 for a paint job on their motorcycle when they can go get it wrapped with a computer with the vinyl sticker crud <laughs> we're on the radio yeah, we don't want that we don't want that <laughs> we vote against that and it's just i mean i think that's why i'm i it's not that i don't like computers it's just i don't like computers <laughs> hey that's cool but i think you want your hands on it you want to be in it yeah yeah and i mean it's just, I don't know. I, I've worked for a place that we did the vinyl uh, deals on cars and buses. And it's just, I don't feel that there's the same exchange of energy between the guy on the keyboard 
hitting buttons and making some, you know what I mean? Some adjustments and then it's printed out and, and you slap it on the car and it just, but to have this guy like hand pinstripe your vehicle, that's like got all these years of experience doing it and what being able to watch him do it. And like, there's just something almost sacred about that. Well, it's authentic. It's sacred. It's someone's soul. Yeah. And it, it's, it, a lot of these things like pinstriping on cars, it's, it's a dying art. There's not a lot of the old, the older school guys that are still around that were famous for it or, you know, it's a, it's almost like a dying art. Mm-hmm. And just like pinstriping on Is there a place in Topeka vehicles. that still does that? Uh, yeah, there's probably a couple actually in Topeka. Um, Bob Sell, I think he does, or there's another place out north that does. But it's... It's such a, a cool thing to see. I, I used to work at a car lot and this guy used to come in and at the time I, I was probably in my twenties and he was in his eighties and he'd come in and have this little like stool with a chair and he'd just slide down the the whole car on this stool and these beautiful pinstripes. It was really cool to watch him do that. And that's an amazing way to learn, I think. Yeah, I just I would rather it. learn that way than go here's a book that you need to read. Yeah. And I think (laughs) that's why I didn't like school so much. I mean, I still Mm -hmm. like, I'm still real close with like my music teacher that from kindergarten on, you know, my first, second and third grade teachers are still really good friends of mine. And like, even my, some of my high school teachers, I'm still friends with, but I don't know. There was just something about, um, seeing something done by hand that I liked a lot more than here's this book and you're going to have to learn this book. And then we're going to test you about the book. And I would read the book, but it was like, I didn't like getting tested on the book. I was like, I don't like this book. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I was like, I want to go find my own book and learn that book if that makes sense kind of like I was just like yeah, this, yeah. I'm not gonna have to know half the stuff that I'm learning it was just seemed like why aren't they teaching us how to like make stuff and <laughs> like art class and, and was and woodworking and stuff like that were the only classes that I really really enjoyed art and music and that sort of thing especially in schools well and of course later on but that's like the first thing to go yeah and it's yeah. the most beneficial thing yeah so that's something i will probably never understand that's really out of all those classes it's the only classes that it's your expression like you're expressing mm-hmm. like you can't answer an addition problem differently or express yourself differently than i mean if the answer is number seven it's number seven you know what i mean but if you're right, building a birdhouse, are, they just are yeah they're consistent yeah if you're building a birdhouse you can make a really cool birdhouse that's yeah, different and from, yeah and make it unique and it just seems like um a lot of that gets lost within at school i feel like and i think maybe and hopefully we learned something during the lockdown because that was the one thing that i missed was 
live music, going to galleries. And, you know, it wasn't like, you know, all the other stuff that you think you're going to miss. It was that. Yeah. Like, the live music? Yeah. Because there isn't any. Yeah, I can't even explain how much I miss. Like, I grew up, you know, in bands and, and concerts. And we'd go down to Lawrence and see a band, like, probably three, four times a week through high school. And like, I'll sit here and turn the guitar amps on just to hear that buzz. Like I miss it. It's just, it's that shared energy that same with like art on a wall. It's, you know, you're, you're hearing the, the, the bands going off and then the, the crowds feeding off of the band's energy and the bands doing the same thing back, you know, it's just this big circle of, energy that that i think everybody misses it's probably the littler the smaller things in life that we miss the most through the pandemic i think well i think those are the most important things though the relationships people yeah being able to hug someone so hopefully we learned a little something buying toilet during this whole time and toilet paper. Buying toilet um, paper is definitely yeah. mm-hmm. a gift yeah. anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm I'm so happy that you came on today and that you have this upcoming project at X and L. Oh yeah. Do you yeah. know what you'll be painting? Um, we're gonna put their logo up on the t- uh, top part of the wall, and then. Um, we're debating on on like a 3d axe uh looking like it's coming out of the wall um okay. well, that would make sense. the stage yeah yeah so uh-huh. i'm uh getting the sketches going so i should um have some stuff ready for him to look at this week so food all the time i've been asking all my guests what their uh, favorite local restaurant is well on <laughs> on several. tuesdays and thursdays or tuesdays and fridays i'm always at victoria's bar and grill for uh they have taco tuesdays they have the best tacos and the best hamburgers on fridays but other than that i love the wheelbarrow their oh, yeah. cheese oh their cheese is so good and <laughs> John knows how to make a good mixed drink too <laughs> you know they really have some great cocktails that man knows his probably, bourbon yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yes, yes. <laughs> well and that's what yep, I love sure. about like you're not going to get that somewhere else like at a corporate bar or something like that like Hey, John, how's it going? Hey, Spazin, what do you have? Surprise me. And then he'll go and, and get what he like a type of bourbon or, or whatever. And he'll tell me the story behind it. And I get to hear the whole story behind that bourbon and why, you know what I mean? It's you're not going to get that when like, not that they sell alcohol at McDonald's, but you know what I mean? You're going through a drive through to get you know, they just slam the cup at you <laughs> at most bars. Right. They're not going to tell you, like, now the history behind Jack Daniels. You know what I mean? It wasn't <laughs> – it's just so it's so much more personal at, at the local level. <laughs> right. And that's, you know, why I love supporting local businesses in general is you get that story. You get that 
um, personal experience. And the food's different, and the drinks are different. Um, you know. Oh, definitely. Because if you can go to the next town and get the exact same food, then you know that they just warmed that up. Yeah, yeah. They didn't make that. So kind of like art, you know, what you were saying, I want to make it. I don't want to just slap a decal on something. Yeah, I feel like anybody that's making something with their hands, whether whether you're writing a song, whether you're playing a guitar, holding a spatula, um, if you're a bartender, we're all just trying to tell our story or a story. Well, you know, it's all the artists that have influenced me. I'm, I'm all the people that have thanked me. Like they're all in the room with me while I'm painting in a way. Sure. I think like the same, the same goes for like, if you're writing a song, that's all you're trying to do is just tell a story and you're making a drink. You're telling the story of all the times you sat around watching your grandpa have a, have a shot or something like that, you know, and uh-huh. making a sandwich or something, even just making a grilled cheese sandwich. It's like, you're telling the stories of all the times that your grandparents and aunts were in the kitchen cooking. And, you know what I mean? It's, it's just, it, it goes way deeper than, than just making a sandwich or just painting a right. picture. Right, it's, it's, your, it's your life collections. Yeah, yeah. It's your, it's your stories, it's your experiences. Yeah, and I think all that's right the there. part that's probably yeah. somewhat unknown to maybe the uncreative person that, that's just like seeing it happen. You know, like just seeing, this, like eating a sandwich that's amazing, but they don't understand the whole, all the soul that went into that sandwich. You know what I mean? Anything, you know, you can put anything that you make in your, with your hands into that and same category. Mm-hmm. And it's always a thousand percent better. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for the support. I can't even, I've literally, I think I'm trying to thank them all the time because it's amazing how much support I've gotten from everybody. And they're like the fuel in my paintbrush. I literally couldn't wake up and do this every day if it wasn't for them. And the That's city, outstanding. You know, That's really great. It's just all the people in the city are so supportive. Just been way cooler to me than I feel like they should. <laughs> but well, I, I think you probably deserve it. Well, I, I definitely appreciate it. <laughs> thanks again for coming on. Oh, thank you. And thanks for all that you guys do for the just art scene and local scene here. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it does. It's an enriching and it brings life and love and great energy to our city yes that's what we need you keep creating and and thanks again you're listening to ksef a digital broadcast in topeka brought to you by 785 magazine learn more at 785live.com